Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 193 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons. I am back in Blighty. It's cold, it's wet, it's miserable. What else did I expect? Mind you, though, uh, I left Cincinnati after enjoying pretty much a week of uh, 20 degrees plus weather to snow on Saturday. Snow! In Cincinnati! <laughs> Snow Sonati on the weekend. It was quite something. Um, but uh, So I got a bit of everything. But it's great to be back home. Uh, actually, that's a lie. It's not. Well, it is. You know, it's kind of cool. But I miss Cincy. I do. I had a great time. And thanks to everyone once again for making it such a pleasurable and exciting experience for me. And, of course, the rest of the guys that came on the Touchdown Trips trip to uh, Queen City. Uh, joining me today, back in Blighty, he's always been back in... Well, no, he hasn't always been in back. He's normally the one that's taking holidays. Uh, it is, of course, Nathan Pum. Hello, Nathan. It's great to have you back, my son. Great back in old old UK, you know, get your uh, grizzled chin back with us, ready to go through <laughs> a mid-season... Grizzled, grizzled chin? That's right. Ready to decipher and pick the bones out of the Bengals' mid-season... Um, performance uh, absolutely and it is of course uh, we are I guess just about uh, the midway point of the season as Nathan said uh, we are preparing for the Steelers uh, the only way we know uh, how to and that's singing disparaging and rude songs at the top of our voices wherever we go uh, about the Steelers uh, obviously um, so uh, it's a must win game I think I think everybody thinks that now is the time, the time is now, no less, uh, to uh, put our skates on and to really go full throttle uh, for the rest of the season. We did it last year, of course, and look where we ended up. And the hope is that we're going to do it again this year and look where we may end up. But, you know, there's a lot of football to be played between now and and the end of the season. So we touched on it on last week uh, in our episode live from, well not live, recorded at uh, Paycor Stadium. That was quite an experience. I can tell you, Nathan, uh, it was really fun to be inside those hallowed walls. Uh, I got to see a few of the players. I didn't talk to them, just admired uh, Trent Noerwin's um, long, lustrous locks from afar. Um uh, who else did I see? I think I saw some RJP Ryan and a few others knocking about. But of course, it was bye week, and today 
The the boys are back in town. They've been practicing on the field at Paycor, and there's some good news, Nathan. Have you heard about this? I have. I have. If you think you, if you you're going to say what I think you're going to say, <laughs> I'm not going to deviate here. Uh, it is good news because DJ Reader is back in pads and practicing. He Huge. looks set to go, and also the long forgotten uh, Brandon Wilson is back practicing uh, after his uh, ACL tear last season I mean it's going to be difficult to find a place for him on the roster I think but I mean just what he brings in the uh, return game is is something else isn't it so we'll have to watch this space see how he's getting on but I think pretty much uh, DJ Reader um, hopefully could and should be back uh, for the game on Sunday that will be quite a thing i think 100 percent. we know how much of a game wrecker dj reader is and the only thing i'll say with dj is you can't expect him coming off an injury like that to just probably be plugged back in and play at the level that we expect it might take him a game or two um to really get back to his best he might still be playing with a bit of pain but it really useful against the Steelers because it, it, it I, again i said before it, it, the, the term must win gets thrown about a bit loosely sometimes but it's a divisional game. It's a game that would effectively down the Steelers completely. I think out of the um, out of the playoff picture, out of the AFC North, if we could knock them to three and seven. So, and obviously for us, it puts us six and four. It's the first time this season we'd have had any daylight between um, five hundred um, at all. So, yes, I, I really hope that. Um, he's all right and he comes back in and obviously when he's playing at his best i mean there's arguably no one better um and it will seriously improve our pass rush with you know people like trey hendrickson sam hubbard getting a bit more um a bit more freedom on the outside with dj clogging the middle up yeah absolutely but saying that i was i was pretty impressed by the bengals run defense against the panthers i know you know yeah. again it's the panthers but they've been running the ball really well yeah. And again, the next game, Deonta Foreman rushed for something like 130 odd yards. So, I mean, the defense, the run defense specifically, has has held up quite well, I think. And certainly, people like Zach Carter, Josh Chifele, all those guys um, did really well against the the Panthers. I think the, the the Panthers game was one of the weirdest games I think I've ever seen. Everything went right. I mean, you yeah. could, you know, things that have gone wrong all season, like Joe Mixon out of the game of his life, the defense, even though everyone was saying, oh, you know, so many injuries, they're going to struggle against, you know, the Panthers who have been quite plucky recently. Everything went right. And it was a really sort of weird game that you take it, like I said before last week, probably the best half of football I've ever seen from the Bengals in 15, 20 years of being a fan. Um, and that's why I think it's difficult at this point in the season to really sort of project what sort of team you're going to see for these final eight games because it has been a bit up and down it's been all over the place and if they play like they do against the Panthers and the Falcons and frankly anyone in the um the NFC South I mean this team will be added uh, to the number one seed but if they turn up and play like they did against the Browns or um the Steelers in the first game and even the Cowboys you know this team will struggle to win another game so it really is a bit of a mixed bag from what we've seen so far and um, you've just got to hope coming out of the bye week, re- get a few people back, rested, bit of extra prep time. You got to hope that they're going to come out and feeling sharp. Yeah, that's the hope, isn't it? I mean, when I was uh, inside Paycor, listening to all the interviews, the word—I think I mentioned this last week—you know, the word consistency was probably the most uttered word 
in the interviews. They're s desperately searching for it. Um, and now is the time, really, to, 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 to kind of find it or else we're in a bit of trouble. I mean, we're in the mix, but we're just outside the playoff picture at the moment, I think. Um, but, yeah, the hope is that on this bye, from this bye week onwards, we can replicate uh, what we did last year, at least get to the playoffs. And then, you know, as we all know, if you get to the playoffs, you're in with a shout. So... Um, we shall see. So me and Nathan are going to talk a little bit about sort of half, uh, you know, mid-season stuff, half-term stuff and whatnot. Uh, we've also got a lot of correspondence from you guys to work in. We're also going to play a mid-season special of First and Ten, so uh, watch out for that. Uh, one thing that's uh, exercising the, the Twitter brain at the moment is um, who's going to be starting at punter. Uh, this week against Pittsburgh, there was obviously uh, after after last week's interviews, there was a lot of uh, w with with Darren Simmons, there was a lot of chat about whether uh, Drew Christmas was going to start over um, Kevin Huber. Uh, Kev Huber was interviewed um, in the locker room today when uh, when the guys were at practice, and he kind of acknowledged his problems. He he said that you know. Uh, that he just that seems to be two different punters. The guy that punters, the guy that punts at practice and in warm-ups is absolutely fine. But as soon as the game starts, uh, it goes to pot a little bit, you know. Um, and that's worrying. That seems to be a mental issue rather than a technique issue. And Kev is aware of it. And uh, but he says he's preparing as if he's going to play on uh, Sunday. So we'll have to wait and see what the decision is by Zach and uh, Darren going forward any thoughts on that one Nathan I think I said last week didn't I um, you've got to just let it leave it to the coaches something like that I, you'd like to keep Kev in the mix just because he's you know usually reliable he's a veteran presence you back him to get like iron something like that out fairly quickly obviously Drew's a young guy a lot of promise seems like a great character I think people have said that he's got the longer leg he could probably knock it a bit further um i i don't i'm not i'm really like i said that's what i'm not i'm not, not to be like flippant about it but i'm not i i'm not sure it makes a massive difference i think i think it's nice to give a young guy a try i'm always conscious mid-season you know you bring a young guy in and sure he has a good game or two but what if he you know if he shanks one in a key moment under pressure or he drops a, you know the the long snap or something silly happens that with a you know, he's not a rookie, but he's a young guy that's never played before. You know, obviously we've got high aspirations here. It's not a sort of, um, you know, we're not in a situation where we're sort of just, you know, three-win three, three win team and we can afford to make mistakes and, you know, see what happens. We are in a critical stage of the season here. So, I don't know, man. I'd probably, if it was me, I'd stay with Kev for the moment. I think if he has a bad game against the Steelers or he has another bad game after that, I'd give him one more chance, but he's got be quite honest and open with him and I think Kev you know he's been around long enough him and Darren Simmons have got a great relationship I think you'd have that chat and say look son like you know it's been a long run he's the longest serving Bengals player of all time um, you know you got one more chance realistically mm. um, go out there and do your thing I mean the thing is like you say that you talk about like I thought it was really interesting what you said there about the whole practice thing and getting it right there but when the lights go on and the game starts he's he's struggling I mean you're saying the same about Evan McPherson I mean you know he's mm. another geezer in that special teams room that needs a bit of confidence and he needs a bit of you know an arm around his shoulder because I know we, we you know it's obviously a very big win against the 
the Panthers and it didn't make any difference. But, you know, that's a game even for him where you think the pressure wasn't on in that game, you know, and he missed one again in that. I mean, you know, I hope he's, I mean, it may be two week break for him, you know, got to, got to ironed him out a bit, but the only way to get past something like this is to just, you know, kick some field goals in the game itself and get yourself some proper experience and work through it that way. So I'm hopeful um, you know, in the game against the Steelers that we do have a few field goal opportunities and he can just sort of, you know, right the ship here and get himself in the right frame of mind because we can't afford, you know, you see how close these games have been this season. You saw how close they were down the stretch last year on our way to the Super Bowl and he was absolutely instrumental in that. And we need to hope that if we get in those situations again, which invariably you do in the NFL, you've got to make sure that geezer can step up and start banging them through like we know he can. So fingers crossed forever. I'm, I'm sure it'll be all right, but you know, we'll, we'll see, won't we? We will, but that leaves me as a nice segue, Nathan, actually. I'm going to ask you now, you know, going forward, second half of the season, we all know, well, we all know what needs to happen, really, but I'm asking you directly what needs to happen. What needs, before we touch on what uh, what the team is doing well and who's doing well, where where and who needs to improve, do you think? For me, it's the run game, uh, is the one area that I think the team has got to move forward on. And you look at the mid-season stats for Joe Mixon and you actually say, well, they're pretty good. You know, 585 yards, six touchdowns, not electrifying, but, you know, you'd maybe say they're okay. But we all know that realistically it was that one game that was just absolutely out of this world. And then otherwise it's been um, the rest of the games of the season have been pretty pretty lacklustre that's an area where and like I said last week Joe Burrow said it perfectly if we can get that going any team will struggle um, to live with us and for me that's the one area that just needs to come on in the second half of the season I think we've seen improvement from the line I think we've seen a bit of improvement certainly from Joe Mixon in that last game if we can run the ball and we can bang it down people's throats and really do a good job of um you know sort of playing tough football picking up those hard yards that offense with jamar chase coming back in probably what two weeks we're thinking that could be really dangerous when we're at home like you know in those last couple of games against some good teams because you're gonna have to play some high-powered high-tempo offense against the chiefs against the bucks against the bills i mean you look at the talent you know everyone saw that part of the um vikings bills game last night oh my god did you see exactly and and they're the sort of teams you've got to they're the sort of teams you've got to live with, you know. They're, that's the sort of standard that's going on out there. People like Justin Jefferson making that that sort of catch. You know, you've, you've got to be playing with those guys. And how I did think, he do that? I'm not still quite not not sure how he oh, did it. It was just unreal, I think that's it? possibly better than Beckham's. Yeah. It's really yeah, close. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's astounding. And also, it, Diggs, Diggs made an outstanding one-handed catch in that game yes, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that just shows you, just just uh, going off on a tangent a little bit, Bills are quite susceptible for a cheeky yeah. little late fourth quarter collapse. Cap, collapso Calypso. Well, yeah. I mean, we're only like, we're five and four, they're six and three, you know. It's, it's not, you know, one game behind the Bills. But yeah, they're a great team, but I think, you know, they are, they are showing that they can be beaten, you know. Well, 100%. I mean, the AFC is very exciting if you look at it. You've got nine teams with a winning record. It, it's hard to put your finger. I'd say probably the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. I think we probably all knew that coming in. I don't think that, that that's Carlos Dunlap, 100 surprised. sacks for the, for the career. Yesterday, notched up another sack for the Chiefs and uh, 100 sacks for his career. Well done, Carlos. Yeah, no, absolutely massive for him. Um, but, 
yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting picture around that AFC. And you look at some of these teams that you might be coming up against in the playoffs. I think the Chargers, the, you know, they're, they're five and four and they've been very under the radar. People expected a lot from them. They've had a lot of injuries. I think they'll be a team that will really come out of the woodwork in the second half of the season. So it's going to be very interesting looking at who we're going to come up against, um, you know, if we do get down the road to the wild card or, you know, deeper into the playoffs. I think the Colts with Jeff Saturday might be a bit of a surprise package. Wow, down the... really? Yeah. That was I an outrageous so. hire. That's got the feel of a Ted Lasso to it, to me. <laughs> who is this Jeff I Saturday geezer? I don't even know who he is. He's, got, he's just, got, he's just he named after Saturday. I don't know who is he. He's so not, you must have Jeff Saturday. He's not a coach, though, he is was, he? Well, no, but he was their centre and, like, all pro. He's probably a Hall of... I think he might go into the Hall of Fame. All right, fan, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting the fella, but you know what I mean? It's like, that was an outrageous hire, wasn't it? Well, I mean, I mean it's a bit like it's, it goes against the sort of mould, doesn't it, of, like, you know, hire some guy who's, like, a youngster or he's got a bit of experience or something. But, I mean, Jeff Saturday knows the game. He's been around locker rooms. He's won Super Bowls. He's, you know, he's... He, I, I think he probably could have a crack at it. I know Jim say the, the Colts general manager and the owner is a bit of a... He's a nutcase. He, say it. Just say it, yeah. Nathan. He's a nutcase. Well, he is, yeah. yeah. I mean, but... Jeff Saturday's been around Peyton Manning. You know, he, he, he's a very, very good um, former player with a good head on his shoulders that people respect. The players will probably respect him. I don't know, he's won his first game. Well, yeah, I was he? going to say, he's got the win, so, so that's all that matters, I suppose. But um, I, I think they could end up being quite good and buoyed by that. A bit ooh. of a strange mid-season change, you know, right, who right, knows? Okay. I don't know. But, yeah, you can't rule them out. They've got four and a half wins. They're only half a game back from us. They could true. easily be someone we run into to, you know, need to get that wild card spot. If we no, I just them. I just think, personally, I think the wild card is going to be from our division and the uh, the AFC East. There's three, though, isn't there, Some Yes, yeah, so, I mean, but I, I do think that, oh, yeah, you know, I, do, I mean, you look at the Dolphins, they're, they're starting yeah. to roll. They absolutely hammered the uh, Browns this weekend, showing that, you know, if you can run on the Browns, that's it. And doing what we should have bloody done the week before. Uh, Anyway, glossing over that. Uh, The Jets are doing really well. Can't discount the Patriots as well. They're in the mix. It's kind of crazy, really. I think you've got to think the Jets are going to have a bit of a mini collapse. I know their defence is excellent, but their offence, I still think, is hasn't really got what it takes and might come undone a bit. They've done extremely well, and you have to give a lot of credit to Robert Salah, don't you, for what he's done there to get yeah, absolutely, through. Because yeah. I think first part of the season, people thought they were going to struggle to win two or three games, and they've been fantastic. And he said he was taking receipts for people that were you know, making all these comments and stuff, and massive credit to him. But I'd be surprised if the Jets were it's serious playoff contenders um, in about seven or eight games time but I wouldn't rule it out so. absolutely uh, just again tangentially um, I watched uh, my first four episodes of Ted Lasso on the plane over to Cincinnati and any good? no not really I mean it's, it's kind of heartwarming and it's it's kind of got that um, uh, Notting Hill sort of feel to it i.e. an American lot making a series about Britain in Britain um, and they keep saying things like hey we're going to work on this play um, in, in and it's like no, 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 no 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 one ever says play in soccer, no one ever says that ever, 
uh, and players aren't designed like that. Formations, yes, and approaches and patterns and all the rest of it, but not a play. Not I've always a... thought it looks a bit cringe, but then a lot of people love it. Like, yeah, they I've do. It is. It is. It is really. Many people say it's bad. Everyone, everyone I spoke to says it's quite good, but I've just never pulled the trigger. Yeah, on it, it is. It is very heartwarming, and you know exactly how this is going to play out, and. Um, you know, it's it's an easy watch. They're half an hour episodes. You know, it's it's sometimes raises a smile. Um, <laughs> You're a tough man to please, are you? Sir? I am, I am, I am. But anyway, yes. So Ted Lasso. So Jeff Saturday's got a bit of touch of the Ted Lasso's about him, really. Uh, back to the Bengals. I'll tell you which person or area that needs to improve and or stabilise I'm worried about the secondary uh, a little bit with Cheeto down he was such a crucial part of it and now Dax is injured I'm not sure of his status I would assume that he's going to miss this week's game but um, someone like a Cam Taylor Britt who has been thrust into the action uh, he's he's got to play well do you know what I mean and if you look at uh, our Andrew Dockerall's mid-season draft grades um he mentions that he's not been grading great on PFF, but you know that's a small sample size. But I'd love it if uh, if Cam Taylor bit CTB rose to the challenge and provided a um, uh, you know provided that the insurance that we need back there because goodness me, uh, Cheeto is such a big player for us and uh, his miss I think will be felt more than most so I think uh, Eli Apple played very well against uh, Carolina great bounce back game he hadn't been playing very well up until then I think that's fair to say um, so he needs uh, Eli Apple is now the big boy back there and he needs to take responsibility and CTB needs to kind of play out of his rookie skin it's a big ask for him the young lad um, but it's a yeah, you do know what I, I mean that, that's my that's my worry that's where I would be focusing my attention on if I'm being asked whether, you know, who needs to improve or what 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 is a crucial area of the team. I'm going secondary. I I'm not that worried about the secondary. I know Cheeto's a massive loss. Like I've said, he, he's an all, having an All Pro, certainly a Pro Bowl um, type of season. Massive loss, key player. But I I believe Mike Kilwan's back. He didn't play against Carolina. He's a true. Um, he's a very very reliable, good guy. But he's, he's not like, a boundary he, corner though. They were no, to, I'm not, talking but, boundary corners. You know. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Taylor Britt. It's going to be a bit of a learning lesson for him. But you look at the second, you look at Von Bell and Jesse Bates, they're fantastic players in the safety mm. position that will help out back there. And they're both very experienced, quality players. That I, I think the secondary has been the absolute strength, I've said it all season, of this team. It's been more so than Joe Burrow, more so than anyone. I think that defensive secondary has been absolutely lights out, forcing turnovers, just yeah. playing really smart, quality football. There's not been many instances this season we've been, been um, beat deep over the top or teams have, you know, slammed points on us. We've been pretty, pretty good, especially considering the offense had some struggles at the start of the year. You know, I think for the most part, they've played very, very well. Now, yeah, Cheeto, big loss, like I said, but I don't think that's going to be the difference between us, you know, playing solid quality defense and completely, you know, capitulating. We, we were down Mike Hilton against the Panthers and we absolutely shut them down and, you know, the game was over by half time. So I know the Panthers are not 
you know, the Rolls Royce of the NFL by any means. But I think we can recover from that. So I'm feeling I'm feeling good about what Lou can do with his... Uh, what can his Lou do? What would Lou do? I think Lou's... I reckon Lou's sat there with... Uh, he's got the week off. I reckon he's had one of those, you know, those bush lights. I got a six-pack of bush lights in. Right. So I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, go on. And it's like a bit sort of the, you know, probably like working class american beer bush light and it for our american listeners i think i can't say i've ever had it but i've always seen it sort of like knocking right. around i yeah. didn't see that at all in the states i must say yeah. it's all bud and michelob and all yeah. that kind of stuff i actually uh nathan i had i enjoyed very much a pint of wanker <laughs> i did there was a beer i went out for dinner at a place shout out to northern row uh brewery and restaurant uh, in otr and um they they had a pint on the menu called Wanker. So it seemed only right, me being a wanker and also being from the UK, I thought I'd have a little tipple, have a little tickle well, on a wanker. What are you giving it out of 10? I give it a 7. It was quite a full-blooded IPA. I'm not really an IPA drinker. They like but... their strong beers out in the States. Don't yeah, they, they do. Especially the breweries, the craft breweries and stuff. They like yeah. a strong beer. None of this light beer nonsense. And after drinking all this IPA and all this business, and then you go to like something like a um, a Bud Light. Goodness me, you can tell the difference. Um, You've got a controversial take here, Sam. Go on, give it to me. I think we're missing a massive, and this is, I reckon, 90, 98% of our listeners are going to, especially in the UK, are going to be shaking their heads, being like, he's right. talking absolute bollocks. I think we're missing a massive trick in the UK with light beer. And they've tried that the, all the Anheuser Busch and all these big companies have tried. They brought Michelob uh, Ultra over here and tried to do it as a 3.8% beer. They've tried a bit with Bud Light and they can't really get it mainstream. You see it in Weatherspoons and you see it knocking around here and there, but it's not really particularly very big. Cause Light is not even even really a light beer over here. It's 4.5%. But I absolutely love when you're in the states getting like Michelob Ultra and it's up like 4%, it's quite light, it just, you know, you've got a summer's day, you could have a few of them. Like in the, in the UK, it's all like 5% lager, you have five pints, you're absolutely battered and to, within two and a half hours, you, you you know, your head's spinning a bit. Whereas with those bottles of light beer in the summer, if you were having a barbecue or something, you could have 10 bottles of it and you'd be fine and you sort of, you know, you can sort of work through them a bit and it's a bit easier. Whereas 10 bottles of Peroni, you know, you'd be your head would be down the toilet. I just think we're missing the trick a bit. Like everyone like, says, oh, they take like taste like piss and they're this and they're that. It's just like beer fa- flavored sparkling water. But you can't tell me that Peroni or Camden Hells or any of these things. I mean, it's a bit nicer, it's a bit stronger. But you know, at the end of the day, once you've had two or three of them, you don't even know what you're drinking half the time. Like I just, I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity rather than just everyone banging down five percent pints. I do think that you know you could a bit more stamina in you if you're having some of these. You know, light to be, especially in the summer. Um, I've got three things to say to you about that. One, you're right, they do taste like piss. Two, two, (laughs) I would, again, this might be a a controversial claim to meet your, to counteract your controversial claim. I would prefer drinking a nice shandy than a miller, like a a lager beer. Sweet, though, son. Oh, they're really nice, though. I love a shandy. And they sell posh shandies at the supermarkets now. I had a couple the other week. They're really nice. like An elderflower shandy. Amazing. Amazing. And thirdly, if you're talking about beer-flavoured sparkling water, 
<laughs> Maybe one of the brands like Evian or something like that should release their own beer-flavoured water. Yeah. I just think sometimes... <laughs> you don't market, sound like, convinced. No, I don't know. I, fuck, no, I don't know. It could be one. I mean, I, I just think there could be, like... I think sometimes it's too easy. It just... Like, if you're meeting some friends at, like, 7 o'clock... I mean, this is going down a bit. It's completely off topic at this yeah. point. But <laughs> if you're meeting some mates at, like, 7 o'clock down the pub, right... So easy to just have six, seven pints. You know, you'd be battered just because you know how long are you quickly drinking a pint every half hour is. If they made it like a sort of a three and a half percent beer, a bit light, a bit easy to drink, you had a couple of them. I think you just, I don't know, it just calm people down a bit, wouldn't it? Like this in the states that like you go, that like you go to any of the tailgates and stuff, and you got these big geezers that you know they're all just drinking Michelobes and Bud Lights. Whereas in the UK, it's I, I don't know why there's that stigma really. Do you know what I mean? It's a fair point. I've also actually tried a few of these new generation of non-alcoholic lagers recently. Uh, yeah. And they're well, actually pretty good. good. They're actually yeah, pretty good. Right. Anyway, uh, for me, it's the taste. It doesn't taste of anything particular. And, you know, I'd rather drink some. If I'm going to have a beer, I'd like to taste something. I like the taste of the wanker. That's because you're, you're a real man, Sam. Well, I don't know what real, real man. man's man, you know. You I don't know what a real man uh, means. Crack open one of your cans of beer, slurp it down With my chair, teeth, you know? with my teeth, rip yeah, off my shirt, yeah. stand just on like, a table. <laughs> you got all the froth in your beard and you're just burping <laughs> it down like an animal. Listeners, I am not like that at all. Um, right, let's get back to the Bengals. Um... Uh, where were we? I can't remember. I can't even remember, remember where we were uh, with the Bengals. We were talking about what we're worried about. All right. So what what needs to continue then? What what the? I tell you what I like. I've been impressed actually. I know Zach's got um, an absolute shoe in this year, but I've been really impressed at the way they've been changing. Now, arguably, you know, you want this team to hit the ground running at the start of the season and I'm not quite sure why they weren't and what was happening you could bring into the fact that you know not many starters had pre-season games under their belts they weren't match ready but certainly the approach and the and the game plan and the playing calling also didn't look particularly ready from the from this layperson's eye, but then, he, so who knows um, what was going on at the start of the scene? But I have been quietly impressed that they, you know, they have been changing things up a little bit to try and get things moving, try and get the run game going. Uh, I want to see that consistency from uh, the play callers as well. You know, it's going to happen with Lou. Uh, he's had an excellent couple of seasons, I think. Really, uh, he really has come a long way, Lou. Hasn't oh, he? hasn't he? Just. Um, but now I really uh, think that, uh, you know, Brian and Zach need to get that consistency on offence. And that means game planning right, because patently against the Browns, they didn't get it right. And we just cannot afford those slip ups, really. So, you know, I want I mean, Joe Boy's been playing really well the last couple of weeks in different sorts of ways, I would say. Uh, the receivers, you know, still great. I love the fact they're getting Taylor more involved. Trent Taylor, that is. Uh, loving the fact that Stanley Morgan is back to his sort of blocking best on the outside. Uh, loving the fact that Joe Mixon must be confidence through the roof after that game against the Panthers. Offensive line playing better with each week, I would say. Um, so, yeah, we just need that forward progression. And, of course, as you say, DJ Reader having back. He's the glue that sticks together that defensive line, don't they? And now, you know, Wilson's back and... 
Pratt's having a good season again. The safeties are great, you know. Um, so yeah, I just want to see that consistency on offense. I think uh, because you know we've we've seen it. There are they are capable of cutting teams to shreds, and they have done already this season. But equally, uh, they're very capable, and they have done of pulling down their trousers and doing a big fat poo on the field. And um, they've done that a few times this season as well. So for me, keep that forward progression going on the offense. Get the run game going nicely. And uh, yeah, it's going to be difficult to stop us if we can just kind of click click into rhythm here. Yeah, we we've got to play well against a good defense as well because you look down the stretch of who you've got yeah, to play. Yeah, that's true. The Bucks have got an incredibly good defense. The Bills have got a very good defense. Um, we know the Ravens are very good. The Titans are fairly solid on defense. So, you know, you, you look around that, and that's been our problem a bit this year. Is when we did play the Steelers, that was when T.J. Watt was healthy and he was absolutely causing all sorts of havoc and he really him and Fitzpatrick were the reason that the Steelers won that game they took it over looks like they... Minka might be out next weekend though. That's well that would be here. massive yeah. I mean that, that would be absolutely massive because I think you know with them two are playing and they're involved that that's always difficult you know they're both all pro incredible players and they were the reason that you know even before what, what went out um you know that that was really what already scuppered that game with the turnovers and the Bengals. You know, absolutely having kittens in that game. Dallas, Mika Parsons took it over. They're a very good defense, and the Bengals look very ordinary. You know, full strength. Everyone was playing. Obviously, it was early on. They didn't have the preseason. We've had that narrative, but yeah, they they really struggled there. Um, the Bengals have put up incredible numbers against the Falcons and the Panthers, and I think if statistically you look at this like the the picture. Um, throughout the season, you look at Joe Boy's stats, they're out of this world. Even, like I said, Joe Mixon's stats look fairly good considering he's had a really poor season before that Panthers game. So the fact that we've absolutely taken it to two teams um, and against the Saints was a pretty handy performance as well. But there have been some poor games in there. We know that. They couldn't do anything against the Browns. They were very stop-start in other games. Even against the Saints, they, they barely got over the line. You know, with that one, they were behind most of the game. And we know the Saints you know, on record and not a great team. Um, they really struggled against the Ravens. Um, so I, I don't know. I think they've got better throughout the season. I do think they've got better. And it, it's easy to say that considering the game before against the Browns was a complete damp squib. But I do think for the most part, they've improved. I think having DJ Reader back will be a really, really positive thing. Um, but if you're this offense, you've just got to put your heads together. They're, they're going to be at full strength, you hope, for the Titans game. At the very latest, I think you get Jamar Chase back for the Chiefs, which is obviously a massive game. Um, but, yeah, if you've got your whole offense together at full strength, you know, at that point in the season, you'd be very lucky and you've got to take advantage of that because and the, the Bengals know they're going to have to up their game. The, the, I think going into the, the sort of... Um, coming into this sort of midway point on the bye week and if you said to everyone oh the Bengals are five and four what do you make of that you'd probably say well you know it's not great you'd want at least another win there especially considering the quality of teams that they realistically played have not been great but like I said before you've got to play your best football when it matters down the stretch I think the Bengals have got at least another gear in them and I think they'll really you know Joe Boy and 
and the cast will absolutely love the thought of um, going away to the Titans and playing the Chiefs at home and having Brady come to town and um, it's always at the Bucks. But yeah. they'll absolutely relish the thought of playing games like that. Even the Patriots, you've got Bill, you know, Bill Belichick to go up against. You've got the Ravens at home. You've got the Bills at home. In those last two games of the season, if there's anything riding on those, which I'm sure there will be, be ferocious atmospheres at Paul Brown. So... I think it's good news for the Bengals that they're going to go in playing these sort of teams. If you do make the playoffs or you you know you win the division or whatever you do, to have done it against the best will put some real confidence under this team before they do go into the playoffs. And you saw how well that worked last year. The confidence lift that it gave this team beating the Chiefs like that in that regular season game. I think that was the real turning point in mm, our season last year where yeah, yeah. we went we went from being a team that was pretty good and you know but not really sure of its like full identity to being a full on contender and it just went from there, you know, the confidence and the the sort of football we played from there on to the end of uh, the rest of the season was absolutely fantastic. All right, so let's I'm going to give the team a C at the moment. We should be at least I mean 6 and 3, I think. Um Going into by so I mean that's I'd take that I think it's I think it's a C grade but the fact that we are five and four we should be a, at least a game ahead of that I think so yeah C grade good but certainly room for improvement lots of fun things on this team still still a great team to watch when it all goes right uh, still a great time to be a Bengals fan let's face it I I really do think you can let's have a snap grade from you Nathan. Yeah, I think I was thinking about this before we come on. I would give us a C plus. Okay. Um, I think I'm more or less with you. I think it's been to have a winning record is something you, that you, you got to you got to say that's not too bad. I think being Owen, <laughs> um, what are we Owen three in the division yeah. is pretty upsetting. Um, but I yeah, we're in there. I, most of the team's fairly healthy in terms of like who's going to be there at the end. Losing Cheeto is a big one, like we said. But overall. C to C plus is about where I think we are and you're looking now for this team to kick on and win five of its last eight to, to get us over the line. And just to recap, these are the fixtures ahead next Sunday. It's the Bengals travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. That's been flexed out of prime time, thank goodness. It's now a, yeah, ni- a 9.25 kickoff uh, UK time. The following week, the following Sunday, it's uh, at Tennessee. Do you know, those games are difficult, both on the road again. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's right, been a real right. thing for the Bengals is that when it gets to this point, they've got two more road games. And then for the last six, you've got four of them at home. But, you know, yeah. they're going to be two tough road games at the Steelers who are still, you know, they're still playing as they, Mike Tomlin's teams always do. They're still playing with some fight. That's going to be a very difficult game. Absolutely, think, right? yeah. Uh, Bengals on the 4th of December, Bengals host the Chiefs uh, at 9.25. Uh, kick off in the UK the following weekend uh, the Bengals host the Browns then on the 18th they travel down to Florida to play Tampa uh, Christmas Eve 6 o'clock put it in your diaries when, you, uh, when you're when you leaving your sherry and mince pies for Santa Claus at the bottom of your respective chimneys um, have the Bengals Browns sorry no the, the Patriots Bengals game on in the background that's 6 o'clock from um uh, of course, it is in Boston. I reckon that might be a snow game. That'd be something special. Then on Monday, January the 3rd, at 1.30 on Tuesday morning, it is uh, the Bengals versus the Bills. Huge game. Could be Should be a cracker. And then finally, on the 8th of January, you've got the Bengals hosting the Ravens. So a lot of good teams. Um, 
a lot of fun games coming up and uh, yeah should be fun right let's get to uh, first and ten Nathan are you ready it's a mid season special yeah I'm ready son absolutely so just to recap if you've not heard this before first and ten is our own little quiz that we've devised that we play this uh, intermittently throughout the season and off season of course for our hundredth episode we had the chases paul sinner uh, uh play this game for us that was something quite special and the object of the game is to well basically like it is in a real nfl game to score a touchdown but uh uh via questions rather than uh via uh, throwing or running the football uh, a player starts at his or her own 20 yard line and they answer a series of questions to move the ball. So, for instance, if you answer a uh, an easy question correctly, you move five yards. Uh, if you answer a medium question, you move ten yards. And if you answer a hard question correctly, you uh, score from anywhere on the pitch. You automatically score a touchdown. You've got ten questions to get to the end zone. Nathan, are you ready? I'm absolutely ready, son. I like to play this game at a leisurely pace, and right. I don't like to be too aggressive. You know, just take my time, get okay. the first downs where they're there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You're going for an easy question? What about, uh, medium. I'll go medium start. Medium, OK. Who scored the other touchdown in the win against Carolina? Um, oh, my word. Uh, da, 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 da. It was Joe Boy running in. Correct. Quarterback sneak. Did you see that Kirk Cousins quarterback sneak uh, attempt yesterday? It was pretty awful, um, I think. Uh, right, so you moved to the 30-yard. See, Kirk Cousins dancing on that plane. That, oh, was, that, that was one of the highlights of the season. And then I did you see that. Adam Schefter taking his top off and dancing, doing an impression <laughs> of, on Monday Night Football? <laughs> That was the beauty of being in the States. I could watch like Monday Night Football at a civilised time. Unbelievable. Right, question two. You're on your own 30. What are you going to be? Um, I'll go medium again. I'm quite, that's okay. not too bad. Very good, one. very good. First and 10 from the 30. Um, in which game did Joe Burrow set a new record? The most 400-yard games by any quarterback in his first three seasons. Um, that as against the Falcons. Correct. First down. You're at the, your 30-yard line, and it's a first down and 10. What are you going for? What do you mean about my own 30? I've got two first downs. No, no, I said your own 40. Oh, 40, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, why am I not starting at the 25? I no, no, you're starting at 20. <laughs> you're playing the old school rules. I'm playing the old school, yeah. Show my age here. Um... I go medium again. I'm on a good run here. It's quite a well-oiled offence. So okay, and a nice, uh, another Joe Boy question, actually. How many interceptions did Joe Burrow throw in the week one loss to the Steelers? Uh, four. In the Correct. One to Mondo. You moved to midfield. First and ten. What are you going for? I'll have a shot. A big one now. You know, you've, you've set okay. them up. Some sort of little like dinks and dunks. So I'm going to go for, for the big one. I like it. I like it. First and ten from the 50. Question five. No, question four, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I, this is what I mean. I got cheated out of this before. So <laughs> I know. I always do this. I always write things down. Uh, question four. Question four. It's all above board. Question four. Shut up. Um, <laughs> how many passes has Hayden Hurst caught 
this season so far and I will give you uh, one pass either way as leeway if you get what I mean yeah um, we've played nine games 25 incorrect he Ooh. has he has 38 Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's so, question five, second and ten from the 50. Mm. I go medium then. Who was the defender that tackled Tua Tagovailoa uh, that caused a concussion in the Thursday night game? You question that. It's Josh Tufu. Correct, Amondo. First down. Question six. I'm going to keep going with these medium ones. I feel content. No, I don't, because I haven't got many left of the medium ones. <laughs> I'll have another medium there. Come on, oh, you must have one more. I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're at uh, the opponent's 40. It's question six, first down and ten. How many touchdowns did Jamar Chase score against the Falcons? Two. Correct. He's first down and ten. Question seven from the 30-yard line. Nice drive, this. What are you going okay, for? Okay, you saying I can't, I can't go medium, but you don't, you're not letting me have it. Now I've got one more medium question. Oh, I feel medium. I just, I'm just quite enjoying this. How many times was Joe Burrow sacked against the Cowboys? Oh, six. Correct. First down and ten. Question eight now from the twenty. I'm in the red zone here. You get the Scott Hansen's got me on. You've got three um, questions left. I'm going to go medium again, but, you, but can't you, I feel like because I've, right. I've got all the mediums correct, you're going to have to give me an easy one. I know, but well, this is... Uh, what is Andy Dalton's record against the Bengals since he left Cincinnati? Well, that's a good question, that. Oh, and two. No, two and one. Second and ten from the 20, question nine. Oh, I'm going to go for the end zone, I panicked. Who is the current leader, the team leader in interceptions? Um. Ooh. Von Bell. Correct. Touchdown. Here we go. Go on, boy. Touchdown, Nathan Palmer. Von Bell with four interceptions. So you yeah. got there in nine questions, Nathan. That's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good. It was quite an efficient drive. I was quite pleased with that. Yeah, was, nice yeah. long drive. Mixed it up a little bit. I like it. Do I get any sort of trophy for this? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, well, I'll, I'll try and find you a pint of wanker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not sure quite how to take that. <laughs> Whether that's a prize or, or a reaffirmation. I don't know. But um, Right. Uh, Thank you for playing that, Nathan. A lovely drive there. That's the kind of efficiency we're expecting from the team in real life, I think. Solid handle. Um, let's go to your correspondences. Uh, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. Reckon we're in the stramash of the wildcard chase. If we win our division games, a divisional title could still be on the cards. But absolutely no messing around now. We need 100% from all involved. Agreed. Slam Dunk at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. It's time to buckle up as the next few weeks will be wild. DJ back is great news and hopefully Uno not far behind. Need to beat the squealers first, one game at a time. Hopefully another Brandon act <laughs> Hopefully another Brandon Allen victory formation this Sunday. And consistent run game. Um, yeah. 
Bridge of Assize at Bridge of Assize. Um, so you gave Bridge of Assize a solid handle the first time you heard that, but you're not, you're not anymore. It's interesting. Right, yeah, I, I, I've thought about it. Um, it's a Monday. Um, you know, it's been a bye yes, week. I've settled fickle, down a bit. Very fickle. Uh, anyway, he says, um, if the running game's recent success continues against Pittsburgh and Tennessee, we should be optimistic about making the playoffs. If it doesn't, we'll be as we were last year, in need of an unexpected late-season upset or two, administered by Joe Boy. Uh, next up is the brilliant Neil Gillett. I still stand by that, Neil. At Neil352, not outside the bounds of possibility, we square our division record and the Buffalo and KC games are at home. I think we finish 10-7, and seven, but the Ravens take the division. Anyone's guessing the wildcard lottery after that. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because as much as we all want to make the playoffs and get on the dance floor and see what we can do... The reality is, if you go in via the wild card, you're probably playing three games on the road before the Super Bowl, and then obviously Super Bowl's neutral. You're going to do well against teams, you know, of the playoff caliber. I mean, we we were quite fortunate, not fortunate because we played bloody well, but the Raiders at home in the playoffs were quite it was quite a winnable game in reality, wasn't it? You know, and they they gave us a close run for our money, but it wasn't like an electrifying top tier game against the Buffalo or Kansas City. And I do worry that. All right, we make it. We get in as a second or third wild card, and then you've got to go, you know, away from home and play the Dolphins, who are full strength. Or you've got to go away from home and play the, you know, the Chargers or someone, you know, of that caliber. It could get a bit, a bit dicey over two or three games because we want to win the Super Bowl. And uh, at the end of the day, if we can win the division, get a home game um, or two, it would be a massive bonus for us. So as much as we want to get in. We want to try and do it emphatically as well, I think, and, and mm. you know, have a think about that. Next year at Bengals Fella. Um, everyone, Solid handle. <laughs> everyone, a first-time caller as well. Everyone is praising Joe Mixon for his breakout game. I was happy to see it, but he needs to be more consistent. Don't prove the haters wrong in one game. Prove it over the course of the season. One game doesn't erase poor play in crucial moments. Yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon, that's the thing, isn't it? He's, he's got to come out and have a good game against the Steelers and Titans. They're on the road. You know, they're, it's going to be scrappy games, divisional game. You know, the Titans are very much going to be in the contention for that wild card spot. It'd be useful head-to-head wins. So he's absolutely bang on, this Bengals fella. Like, he's got to carry that on Mixon. And he doesn't need to have five touchdowns every game, even though it'd be nice. But he's got to try and stick in, you know, four, four and a half yards of carry, be a threat in the pass game, try and improve his pass protection when he's tasked with it. But, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> he's got to try and just, you know, up what he was doing prior to that Panthers game. Man Abelhosen at the Fireman. And, um, Solid handle. Man says, uh, he's a lovely man. Did I mention that last week? Oh, I'm happy to say that every week, actually. Uh, the key for the remainder of this season is running the ball more consistently from the run game will obviously help balance things out on offense it will also help the injured bengal's defense need mixon to have a huge second half of the season tj hushmanzada's shiny shoes at tj's shiny shoes how i've missed you tj's shiny shoes here <laughs> Uh, the return of DJ Reedy is as huge as the man himself. Hopefully, like last year, we can find the consistency in the second half of the season that eluded us in the first half. The talent is there for a wild card spot, but we'll need some luck along the way too. Who day and uh, uh, Shane Shoes adds, 
I'm hopeful for a breakout from the boy Nathan Palmer if he can knuckle down and avoid disappearing off on holiday every other week. Hashtag hard knockers. Also think you're overdue a breakout in song. It seems a while since you've composed a chant or a ditty. Otherwise, Ooh. keep up the good work. Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, no. Don't tempt him, TJ. <laughs> Uh, Martin at Dorset Bengal regarding playoffs it's going to be squeaky bum time Titans and Bucks are going to be harder than some think we know the rest of the schedule is hard the AFC is definitely going to have a couple of handy looking teams on the outside looking in come playoff time can't disagree with any of that really Uh, Chris Hood at Who Days CP hello Chris there's no doubt that if we can be more injury free than other teams and be consistent as we were after the bye week with an equally tricky schedule last year, we could go a long way. Overall, I'm not expecting it, but not giving up hope. Interesting. Dan Waite at um, DNKW. I think we have a decent chance of making it as a wild card as the AFC East have to play a number of games amongst themselves, which should hopefully enable us to climb the seedings. Would like to see more consistency. The good news is that, as per last year's showing, the team has it in them to get hot when it matters. It's a really good point about the AFCs. They've all got to play each other, so there's going to yeah, be some exactly. big old exactly. powwows coming up. Ken Davies at Ken Davies. Uh, don't think the season ever really got off the ground, and given the tough schedule ahead, not sure it's going to. Sadly, think we'll just meet at, miss out at 8-9. and nine. That ridiculous Steelers game costing us dear in the end. Hope I'm wrong but not sure we got the pre-season right. Interesting point there, Ken. Come on, Ken. You got, you, we, we, we can do better now. You know we can. Come on, we got <laughs> at least nine wins in a sum. Well, we'll see. You know, I, I do think he makes a really good point. I'm not sure. He's bang on about the pre-season. Yeah, but then I, again, I think... then other teams that are playing well have made similar approaches. So it's, it's interesting, I think. And finally, Donny at Ippy Don. Um... I've already booked the Monday after the Super Bowl off again. <laughs> That's good. Good for you, Don. Uh, no more key injuries and we'll make the playoffs. It'll be a massive effort to get through them and represent the AFC again this time, but build up momentum as we did last season and never say never. How about that? Stick that in. What Stick. a way to end the correspondence. Exactly. Lovely stuff, fellas. And... Um, I think everyone's been realistic. down on the Bengals. Well, I don't know. Should there I... was some positive stuff there, but also yeah, quite real, quite realistic I... as well. I think. Um... You, I mean, I, I still think with this, I know that there's been a couple of bad games, and it's not been perhaps what we would have hoped. The Bengals could win out. I mean, it's a big ask, but they they have the talent. If it, if they start playing well, they could certainly win seven games, six games if they play well. I really don't think it'd be beyond them. I mean, I know we're sort of. Hoping to, uh, the sort of narrative that bit now is, or oh, maybe we could limp into the wild card. And mm. I, I, I think that the Ravens are one game ahead of us. We've got to play the Ravens at home. Yeah, you win that game. I think who was it? I can't remember who said it in the correspondence, but they said that we might just turn the fortunes on the division. I agree. I mean, you've got to back ourselves this week against the Steelers, against Kenny Pickett, and if you see Fitzpatrick's out, I mean, he's their absolute star on <clears throat> defense. So you get a win there. You're at home against the Browns and Ravens. You back yourself against both of them. So, well, if you got three and three in the division, and you know the Ravens, obviously you get a win against them. They've, they're, the schedule's difficult as well. They're playing all the same teams mm. as us. So, 
I don't know, man. I, I just think that we, we that's more than within our target is to win this division. And the Ravens are up and down. They've lost three games. You know, they've that, they've played fairly well. But mm, I, I think mm. it's more than... We're more than capable here of getting at least five wins out of eight. And I think certainly we should be looking and aiming for six or seven. And I, again, I think we could do it. I really do. I just think if we can motor into gear and not fall down a rabbit hole. And that's why I said last week, I'm so happy that this Steelers game is just at 9.25. It just yeah. feels a bit more approachable and the lights aren't on and whatever else. But yeah, that's a game that I know we'll get onto it in a moment, but it's not a must win. But if we, we lost it, I think people would start feeling really down in the dumps. Mm. Well, let's on the, end on that positive note. Uh, next week, we should be able to uh, confirm our meet-up uh, in December. It'll be in London. Uh, so watch this space for that. Um, we've also got our festive stuff happening at the start of December. We will have uh, our uh, advent calendar, our annual Bengals UK advent calendar uh, kicking off. And also... We'll be uh, having our annual Christmas raffle. Uh, so lots of things to look forward to in the coming weeks and months, not, le- not least Christmas itself. Uh, but until next week, it is a who day for me. And a who day for me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.